All rise and welcome to this sports court of public opinion we call foul play-by-play, providing play-by-play on the week's cheats, cheap shots, and alleged criminals in sports. I'm your host, Anthony Variano, and I'm joined by the brothers Haas, Michael, our attorney on retainer, and Bradley, our gambling addict uh, expert. <laughs> Bradley, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Are you ready for this? We know how we this game goes. We've done it in the past. It's called opening arguments. It usually uh, requires Mike to be the attorney and Brad to be the everyman. And we try to give Brad a few easy wins. So uh, here we go. The first argument that we have on the docket is the people versus Dana White. This is a story that's as old as New Year's Eve. Uh, dates back to when Dana White Dana White was uh, videoed uh, slapping his wife at a New Year's Eve party. Um, It does show that she instigated the slapping, but uh, we don't know if that's, you know, applicable or even, you know, relevant. Uh, So while he says losing his UFC perch wouldn't be no punishment for him, Endeavor, the people who own uh, UFC, uh, has been slammed by the California Legislative Women's Caucus for continued silence after a leaked video. That showed him slapping his wife. So I'll give this one to Brad to choose first. Who would you like to defend? Well, I I just got off the phone with Dana a couple days ago, talking about Conor McGregor coming back to the UFC finally. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to take Dana White, please. Wow. Shocking. (laughs) All right, Brad, kick it off. Defend uh, the – oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so – Mike, you got to tell us how this goes again. Does the uh, prosecutor go first or does the defense go first? Prosecutor goes first. The state okay. the advantage. That means, Michael, you get to uh, bring the people's case forward. See how I'm nice on this first one and I give him the advantage? I think you're a little too nice, frankly. All right, the people. And this is not just the people of California. This is the people of America, the people of the world. And for women out there everywhere, um, first of all, I mean, I do kind of feel bad for Dana White. Um, he is the president of UFC. I think he owns like 10% of UFC stock. So he's a very, very wealthy man. Um, I think his initial investment of $2 million back in 2001. So now his investments in the billions. So I do feel bad for him. Um <laughs> It would it would be nice if you look at his history. He has been one of these celebrity businessmen who throws out all these statements when other people fuck up. He takes the moral high ground. Um, he's attacked Kanye West um, for Kanye West anti-Semitic crap he puts out there. Um, he's came down hard on Mel Gibson for Mel Gibson apparently is no fan of jewish people either um and i find it very humorous that in the past his quote was there's one thing that you never bounce back from and that's putting your hands on a woman huh look at how that has played out for the man now huh um so i don't know what kind of punishment he deserves obviously none will happen he's a very powerful white businessman so they get a they get away with whatever they want but um i think he should be punished essentially somehow being that 
he said you can't bounce back from these kind of incidents and lo and behold he's caught doing what he says you never should do he doesn't seem to need to bounce back either because there was no blowback in the first place espn has been pretty quiet on this front um because their relationship with ufc um brad you're muted i'm i'm gonna give you time don't worry I don't know what go. the fuck happened there. I New muted technology. you because I didn't want Mike to get interrupted. So Uh-oh. this is your opportunity to bring your uh, defense of Dana White to the court. Number one, like Dana White says, he doesn't condone any of his actions. It was it, a thing that happened between two, two grown people, I think is what he said, blah, blah, blah. Yes, he should never do this. Number one, he owns the UFC for the most part. So what are you going to do? You're going to slap his hand? Sorry, Ari Manuel. Like, you can't do anything to him. The biggest one where he's got the most leverage is all the money that ESPN threw at him the last two years to specifically put UFC on ESPN pay-per-view. The amount of money they threw at him, he can't lose. Is ESPN just going to all of a sudden drop the UFC? (laughs) No fucking way. There's no way they're going to. I'm not saying what he did was absolutely right. He's kind of like walking on water right now. He can basically do whatever the fuck he wants. It's his shit. I mean, unless you have the athletes who are under contract by him want to step out or ESPN wants to say, hey, we're not going to put your stuff on ESPN Plus anymore, which then in turn, what does he do? He either creates his own platform or has somebody else do it for him there's too much money involved um it's a sad thing but sorry there's nothing going to happen to dana white on this instance well this is an impartial court of law so money has no place here um your defense of dana white is basically he is jesus fucking christ above the law he was never indicted on this there was there were no charges brought no so that's that's one of my biggest things that if there are no charges ever brought against, say, Dana White or these athletes, I don't think you should be able to punish them. And number one, how do you punish the boss? Like, I don't know. You could take his his, his boss ship away. You could make him not the boss anymore. Like that would Kate, be a, that- he says it's not a punishment, you know, like you say, he's got more money than God or whatever, but it is a punishment when you take somebody's livelihood away. Like, you know, when people go into retirement, their lives change and they, be, you know, they lose a part of themselves that is important to their personality. And I think that's what happened. That would be punishment enough, I think, for Dana White to not be, to have that, to take that power away from him would be a punishment. Um, so you're basically saying so he wouldn't have the he wouldn't be the face of the UFC. I could exactly. see that possibly. He's still going to have his fingers in there getting the money and whatnot. But I think he is very egotistical where he wants to be on stage with these fighters. He wants to be the voice. Oh yeah, so, he's not he's not in a position where like he needs to do that anymore. He he actually just enjoys uh, that aspect of the job. He also enjoys but, not paying his fighters though, which is pretty convenient right? for his bottom Some line. Some of them. All of I them. Mean, All of them are yeah. severely underpaid, including Conor McGregor, which is why yeah, he, he had to box in order to make money. He just made more money. Conor McGregor, it, 
was the UFC. That's why he was the highest paid fighter. I mean, don't get me wrong. Is he worth more money? Probably. But, I mean, we can get into that aspect on all of sports. You know, LeBron James is worth way more than his $45 million he's getting a year. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't put a price tag on what he's worth. So, right. I, I mean, that's just – that's Well, it's okay, that starts a different argument, which is – off the point and really dumb because yeah he's worth more than his 45 million dollar contract but the nba as a franchise is worth more than what lebron makes and i would argue lebron is the nba <laughs> but but yeah but back to back to dana white though he is the ufc so i mean like is this ari emmanuel really want to screw over himself for it's ari him? like ari got- sorry oh. Rogan too, man. He's he's up there too. I I just I don't know. All right, I'm ready to make my ruling. Uh, there's no way I can rule in favor of Dana White. Uh, it's just not happening. So Michael gets the win in this first one. That's bias. It's it's not bias. It's the man should lose <laughs> his job. He should not be in charge of USC, and he he probably should have lost it a long time ago, just Actually, based on and. Uh, Tony, to to interrupt your ruling, which judges always get pissed off at, <laughs> it would have been nice uh, for ESPN just to call him out as a fucking hypocrite. That would have been nice to even just in the court of public opinion. Oh yeah, like just ESPN mom. But it's hard whatever. to call him a hypocrite though when he's the one who said you can't bounce back from this in the first place. So no, I. He's been very apologetic about everything. He's like, yeah, there's nothing I can say that's going to make me uh, help me in in my situation. Like I said what I said and I stand by it and I made the mistake anyways. Actually, and he's he is right. You never bounce back from it if nothing bad ever happens to you. Exactly. Yeah, it's been (laughs) there's nothing to bounce back from. He's Jesus fucking Christ, as Brad says. So Brad (laughs) might be right, but I still think he should lose his job. Anyway, let's go to the next argument on the docket. Name, image, and likeness versus the NCAA. If the NCAA has its way, Congress will pass legislation to nationalize NIL rules, declare that college athletes aren't employees, and insulate amateurism from antitrust scrutiny. Uh, If you're unfamiliar, amateurism is a word that was made up to make sure that uh, colleges wouldn't lose all their money due to health insurance claims by uh injured football players uh if you can believe that so uh basically uh the ncaa is trying to convince congress to uh let them have an antitrust uh i don't know pass by i mean just looking for a free pass from the from congress to make sure that they don't have to uh call college athletes employees and uh now I guess Mike gets to choose which side he likes to defend. Oh God, I would I will defend the athletes. All right. Hold the shifts. Well, what well, you like? Big, you like the big guys that are bigger than Jesus, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. That means you've. Uh, let's see. Uh, the NCAA is defending itself against NIL. I guess in this situation, the way that I have it written, so you have to go first, Mike. All right. Um, this is no surprise uh, that they're going to, and they've been lobbying Congress the past couple of years uh, with recent changes. Um, 
So it's no big surprise that the NCAA wants to do this. Uh, the NCAA is a huge business. Businesses care about one thing, profit way more than people. So, I mean, if you're going to actually have to pay your workers, and I will call college athletes workers, um, if you don't have to pay them, it does not affect their bottom line at all. The reason they want this legislation is because, yes, that's going to cut their profits. That being said, who puts the butts in the seats and makes the money is the workers. So pay the damn workers their money. And I'm not even just talking about the athletes here. Anybody that's involved in the, these programs should be making money with the amount of money the NCAA makes off of these. What did what do they call them? Amateurs? Give me a fucking break. That's my please, please watch your language in my courtroom. Well, that's number I, one, what they are. They are amateurs since they are not getting paid directly by the schools. That constitutes them as an amateur. So that's why these, they should be able to do this type of stuff. Keep that money away from these kids because they're too young. They don't know where and what to do with this type of money that they would be getting. Put it back into the school system so the school systems can educate people and further the education systems that these big colleges offer i mean that's keep the money there I, I think trying to take money away from these kids is just the kids don't need it the schools need the money that way they can still offer these grand things and give you this piece of paper that means the world to you so you can go out and get jobs if you give this kid a couple hundred thousand he's gonna blow it on strippers and cocaine and whatnot and then he's gonna be broke wrong <laughs> looking for a handout then so get your education first keep the money where it needs to be in educating these young sports athletes amateur um, sports athletes i want to take this a little further the <laughs> I, I love how we're looking into the future of how students would spend this money on hookers and blow like uh i want to i want to see this future if we do if we don't uh help the ncaa uh protect itself from uh, having to pay amateurs uh, as employees, uh, what, what do we foresee as the result of that? Mike, go ahead. If we, what we think the result of the NCAA would be if they actually had to pay these kids. Yeah. And by kids, I mean adults who could go fucking serve in our military. Um, or work anywhere, work for the, the university itself, frankly, as a janitor, if they wanted to. It's it's going to cut some profits. That's that's what it's going to cut. Um, I do love I do love my brother's argument about the best way to protect people is to not give them money. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's the best way to protect me. I I was one of those stupid people who got money and ended up spending it on well, well no, things it, like hookers and blow. <laughs> I, I also love the argument about well they are. A lot of these, well, not a lot, some of these students are getting full ride tuition to get that piece of paper. So if we really did care about education, let's take NCAA basketball. I think we should cut down the number of games so these kids can actually spend more time in school then and learn something as opposed to freaking training all the time and playing basketball games. Let's cut it down to like one game every two weeks. So that's wrong. That's wrong. Like, 
I would I would love that. If it's no, about educating these students, let's educate them to the fullest. Yes, but then if you if you start taking away the revenue that the NCAA makes, you're going to have to start taxing these people in these states more money to allow these kids to go to school and whatnot, which... I'm going to tell you a secret. They're already doing that. The amount of money on freaking college sports generally does not go back into the university system to educate people. <laughs> Prove it. I'll take my alma mater, me and Tony's alma mater, MSU. Tuition has been increasing the past 25 years, and we have one of the most successful football programs in the Big Sky Conference. The money's not going back into the university for what we think of college, like the school to teach. No, it goes into supporting sports that can't support themselves and to building better facilities for that football program. Yeah, which they need. Pro, it's like a pro sport. I mean, it's <laughs> these entities are attached to the college, but none of the funds they're making are supporting the academics of the school. Brad, tell us a little bit about the future as you see it. If NIL is the only means of uh, salary, I guess we'll call it, for amateur athletes. Honestly, what's going to happen is I, I think collegiate sports will be gone. I, I, I just don't see collegiate sports being around anymore. If If the NCAA doesn't get antitrust protection from Congress? Yes. It, it will just... It, why go to school then? I think you'll see other things popping up, kind of like you have with the uh, what's the NBA one, the uh, X League or oh, the uh, G League, the one before. There's another one, isn't there? Another one like oh, I'm not sure. Kids right out be. of high school can get paid now to go play. They well, they could, they always school. could. They could go overseas if they were you know good. Fair enough. enough. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I, I think college sports as we know it will be gone these other private things will come up where these guys will give the kids some money as well, opposed to the college. And I think we've already seen some of that because like, you know, my interest in college sports has decreased as a result. Like, it's just, I have no interest in the sport because you know, most of these kids, like when the Zion was the last year that I actually watched college basketball. And I was like, this guy is so far and ahead of everyone else in this league. He has no business here. The only reason he's here is because he cannot go to the draft. And I think that those ages for uh, age requirements for the drafts for every sport, pretty much except football will start falling to just 18 years old. Um, and a lot of the like college basketball uh, on both the men's and women's side, college hockey is already taking a hit um, with kids coming straight out of high school uh, especially out of this state, Minnesota, it's it's already. I mean, I, the NCAA is is feeling pressured already enough to ask Congress for this, which indicates to me that they're they're worried, um, and they ought to be. Well, I think not to go back on like what I'm trying to argue for, but that I mean that's the thing is for the longest time these call it the NCAA ruled it all. They got all the money. They didn't have to give back to this thing. And this was the kid's stepping stone. Now it's not the kid's stepping stone. So, I mean, like, that's where, as the NCAA, you have to fight 
number one, to keep the money coming in to you to want to make the type of money that you're making. And you can't give it back to the key. Like I am all for the NIL. It's going to ruin college sports though. I do think that these kids deserve money because they're not allowed to go out and work and whatnot. But NCAA sports is. Well, and this isn't a challenge against NIL. It's a means to nationalize NIL. So it's, you know, the rules governing name, image, and likeness don't change from state to state. So regardless, NIL is going to exist. Yes. But Congress is asking for nationalization of that NIL because at this point it exists on a state to state basis, which makes it, you know, it makes more uh, some states more competitive than others. It makes it easier to get the best recruits, et cetera. That said, I'm ready to issue my ruling. I'm uh, I'm I'm taking Brad's side here as a fan of minor league baseball and the antitrust uh lawsuit that congress supported in order to protect minor league baseball uh and allowed minor league baseball to pay its players less than minimum wage in order for that those teams and those leagues to exist uh i will allow the ncaa to nationalize name image and likeness rules across the nation so kids can get paid but not from their universities thank you your honor as long as they as long as they don't get hurt actually those contracts don't have injury clauses in them so they they're going to get paid regardless what contracts the national image and likeness contracts that they sign with whatever company wants them to advertise for them like it's it's no, i understand that i'm saying these kids right whatever this is like like saying paying nfl players more money would ruin the league it's fucking ludicrous. I, I disagree well, with the judge. I'm appealing this to a higher court. Okay, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> and uh, while you start writing that appeal, let me tell everybody where we're getting these stories. It's from a great site called uh, Sportico. Uh, and uh, a lot of them are written by Michael McCann. Um, the, uh, the one about the UFC was by Jill Goldsmith and Dominic Patton. Uh, if you're not familiar with Sportico, it's a great source of information. Um, a lot of their stories are just copy and pasted by Yahoo and posted uh, on Yahoo. So you can find them there. There, Of course, you can find the links to all these stories in uh, the post that we'll put on foul play by play. Uh, so it's two to two and we're even. And that means Brad gets to choose which side he wants to defend in the Detroit police and fire retirement system versus Vince McMahon and WWE. Oh man wrestling uh, i'm so excited yeah you gotta you gotta provide us a little backstory on this one because i don't know what the fuck we're even all right well to... vince mcmahon uh is a bad man and uh he is alleged well not alleged he he paid off women whom he may or may not have sexually no he did sexually assault women and paid them to to be quiet um so he left wwe for a while and now he's back and it seems they're investigating a sale potentially to uh saudi arabia uh for like 8.6 billion dollars because i can't believe that's what wwe is worth but there's no way it's worth that much quick question so the saudis are going to own golf and wrestling now (laughs) the saudis this live golf is actually kind of uh not turned out so well for them it sounds like but that's a whole different story so the Detroit's police and uh, fire retirement system sued WWE executive chairman Vince McMahon last Thursday. This was a long 
Thursday ago, many Thursdays, seeking a declaration that would effectively block the 77-year-old billionaire from regaining control of WWE's board of directors and prevent him from expediting a sale. Um, he is currently, uh, he, he, he didn't care for that, so he, he got rid of the uh, board members that challenged him and now does head the board of directors. Um, the requirement system requests that its complaint, which was filed in Delaware's Court of Chancery, be recognized as a class action on behalf of other WWE stockholders. Um, apparently, Detroit Police and Fire Retirement System is a stockholder of WWE. Um, Vince McMahon is the majority stockholder of WWE, however, as well. Um, the complaint could slow a potential sale of WWE, which, as I said, has an enterprise value of a ridiculous $8.6 billion. There's no way that's the case because all of their entities on um, all their programming has experienced dips, declines in, in, uh, in views. So, and this is according to Sportico's estimates. Uh, so Bradley, who would you like to defend the Detroit police and fire retirement system or Vince McMahon of WWE? Vince McMahon. Wow. He has gone against everything I would have done in this segment. Mike, bring it. Um, I'm not a big fan of cops. <laughs> <laughs> not a great way to start your uh, argument for the Detroit Police and Fire Retirement System, but you're not actually defending cops here. You're defending their their pensions. Yeah, their retirement. I find it hilarious that our public servants retirements are tied up in a fucking position well, it's about probably just an etf that some stockbroker oh, said well this is going to be good for you guys yeah <clears throat> um i don't even know how to fucking defend this one because i don't know what the um jesus this one's gonna be horrible we might just have to cut this one out of the mix because uh I'm a stockholder, and he owns more stock than me, so... Right. We shouldn't... They're trying I, to stop a potential sale because they don't believe Vince McMahon is worthy of being the head of the board and making that decision. That's all. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll make my arguments quick. Everybody knows Vince McMahon. He's synonymous with wrestling. That's what Brad's going to say. We wouldn't have wrestling without Vince McMahon. That being said, he's a fucking asshole. First and foremost. Um, and he's been out of control the past 20 years. I, I would like to see all the, the remaining skeletons in his closet. I don't think this is even the fucking top of the fucking mountain here or the iceberg, however that saying goes so this sport which <clears throat> has grown and it's got thank tony, you for calling it a sport by the way these people like tony is getting actually interest <laughs> among what i used to call regular sports fans um and it's being considered a stew place that would make us are, exceptional sports fans <laughs> i we can that's a debate for another day <laughs> but the image that we have now the wwe as opposed to even 10 years ago i think it's in a better place so to revert back to individuals like mcmahon is just gonna undo i guess this good path that the wwe has been on and we just don't need those scumbags involved in this great sport that is professional wrestling. <laughs> that's a pretty Objection. good argument from somebody who uh 
<laughs> you know how to you know how to get to this judge. You know how to get me right in the heart. Mike uh, Bradley, sorry, your rebuttal. Well, let's just go put it this way. So they have the Detroit police and the fire retirement system have their money tied up in these their stockholders. You were the first one to say it. If this is selling for an unridiculous $8.6 billion, shouldn't this help the stockholders? Let him sell it. I mean, cash out. Put your stuff into the ECW where you'll probably make more money. Maybe they're maybe they think that if Vince McMahon wasn't the face of WWE, it could go for more. Well, I that that's a good argument by the judge there. I just eight point six billion dollars. I mean, I'd sell that shit right away. And if I own stocks in that, and you wanted to sell it for me, Tony, let, let's go. I mean, I I just I don't think WWE is as big as it used to be. That in eight point six billion dollars, that's a lot of money. I mean. Mike, you got anything else on this? On this? Yeah. I don't think he made a very good argument, so he should rule in my favor. I am going to rule in your favor. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Neither of you made a very good argument, but I am going to rule in your favor because Vince McMahon is an (laughs) asshole, which I think was the first thing you said, and that's a great place to start. But my thing is, is the Detroit police and fire retirement system, whoever's in charge of this and brought this lawsuit, forward is right and mike even though you don't follow wrestling you are also right wwe has been on a better path since vince mcmahon was was taken uh off the creative team and since he's been back it's just been a mess of rumors and news of him selling to the saudis and entertaining a deal with just very unsavory people and i think that's what detroit police and fire retirement system are afraid of is WWE ending up in hands even worse than Vince McMahon, uh, which is why Vince McMahon cannot be the person in charge of selling this company. Uh, because I, frankly, I don't even know if he's like mentally stable. I would like to order a psychiatric review of this man first of all, and uh, and then I'd like to see if there's any other charges that come out of the woodwork against him in order to make sure that he doesn't end up uh, the head of the board. But anywho. It looks like Michael's our winner today. Uh, the the attorney wins again. Uh, and the Everman, the Everman, you know, you did, you did, you did kind of did yourself a, a disservice there with choosing to defend. But you know, I admire you for that. And that's that's <laughs> you, you tried to defend Dana White, and that's a hard thing to do. And you tried to defend Vince McMahon, and that's a hard thing to do. And hell, you even defended the NCAA, which I agreed with, uh, which I usually wouldn't. But in that case, yeah. All right, let's talk about Nick Curios a little bit, my favorite tennis player. Uh, he pleaded guilty to assault, but Magistrate Jane Campbell didn't record a conviction against Curios for reasons including uh, that the offense was at the low end of seriousness for a common assault and was not premeditated. Uh, backstory here, two years ago or so, he pushed down his girlfriend at the time, um, and she scraped her knee. Um, so he pleaded guilty. The case was dismissed. Um He issued a very apologetic statement afterwards. He struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts in the past and continues to struggle with depression as a result uh, of his most recent knee surgery that kept him out of the Australian Open, which we sorely missed him. Um, What do you guys have to say about this? Mike, I'll start with you since you are the attorney um, and might understand how someone can plead guilty to something and then end up getting the case dismissed. 
it's totally on the judge. Uh, I love, I love what the judge did here. I mean, you just laid out, um, it's not an allegation. He pled guilty. I mean, so it did happen. Um, I'm not saying you should push people over, advocate for any kind of domestic abuse. That being said, this incident, it didn't, it didn't sound like much. And he has been very apologetic about it. But I think this is um, a result where, I mean, he should be thanking his stars for this judge because I think she ended up with the right result um, where it's, you can get, get a little help. But this is, I mean, this is a situation where he doesn't need a conviction like this on his record. And this, this would be nice if the system could work like this for everybody. Well, I mean, isn't there a situation where like prosecution wouldn't even bring this to a a court of law simply because of, it doesn't satisfy the prerequisite for assault. Well, this does, it does. He, he caused bodily injury, no matter how minor, minor, was and the fact that i think most uh most of the states have a uh, reasonable apprehension of fear so if generally in cases like this if if a male gets angry and pushes a female over i mean i would assume and it's not i'm not saying they're making this up but i would assume you'd be a little scared um and it's it sounds like misdemeanor assault anyway so it doesn't uh doesn't sound like they overly charged him. No. First Brad, place. Your thoughts? Uh, just, I will say, you know, for a guy that's struggling with depression and whatnot, and he owned up to it. He didn't go hide behind lawyers and say that he didn't do it. Um, I don't know what happened in the court. I don't know if him and his girlfriend are still together. What the no. story is that, I mean, I don't know if she's going after him for shit now or whatnot. The guy owned up to it. And, like Mike said, you know, thank you for this judge, which it's not the right thing to do, but he did it. He owned up to it. He's taken the proper steps. Um, and it's just sad. Cause this is, this is one of the funnest guys to watch on the tennis court. He's the reason I watch tennis, him and Coco. He's fun. Like he's fun. It, it, it sucks that you have to go through this mental shit like that. And, I should add that, you know, not necessarily, it's not just physical abuse that causes fear either. You know, it can be just verbal abuse. And oh, I know yeah. that they argued a lot. So that's enough to scare somebody sometimes, you know, when you get in an argument with someone who's a, as physically imposing as Nick Curios, I think shit, he would scare the pants off me. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's move no, on. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brad. No, I, I, what, I was just going to agree with your statement right there. I, okay. It, it's a shitty thing it sucks well i I want to talk about right hill yeah me too uh i want to talk about this uh men's ball used in the first half of a duke fsu women's basketball game uh how the fuck does this happen can someone tell me that like how does a referee not know the difference between a goddamn women's and men's basketball how does might i'm not gonna put it on the ref necessarily too but how do these women not know oh the players were complaining about it all throughout the first half but once you start playing with the ball you cannot remove the ball until uh a stoppage you know a stoppage an intermission 
so they could send out a fucking tennis ball and you play with a tennis ball? <laughs> I like, mean, if you start that's... with a tennis ball, you have to play at least the first half with that tennis ball. It's like if you were to start, I once started, I was officiating like this little league baseball game and they had those practice balls that are kind of like rubberized. And when you hit it, it really bounces. So it doesn't hurt anybody when it hits somebody. And I was like, oh, that is not the right ball. But that's all we had to play with. So then somebody went to their car and got us some official balls. And then we ended up, we had to finish the other half of the, you know, the, the other half inning with the, the ball we started with in order to, you know, to preserve fair play. I, I get the fair play, but if you find out right away that these women are saying, Hey, this, this ball is too big. Stop the game right then and there. Yeah. Give well, them the, like, <laughs> did they not have a women's ball in the building? That's my yeah. question. Did they have some problems finding the, the the you know storage closet with the correct balls? Well, and also, like, what's the deal with these refs? I mean, every basketball game from college to professional, shoot, even high school, before you fucking do the jump ball at the beginning, you got one of those assholes checking the ball. The captains, like, the captains come onto the court and <laughs> yes, and hold the ball. Yes. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I just don't. The the coach for Duke, I think, was right though. Uh, how the fuck does this happen? It's yeah. like the. But the, there's got to be Lawson a, is her name. Yeah, and I think I think Brad was on the right. I don't even care if there's not a rule for it, or if I don't see why you have to play a whole half out. Why I don't see why at the first first sign of trouble, uh, stop the game, replace it. You've already played the same amount of time with the same ball, but that's the thing is like. Maybe you haven't played the same number of possessions. I don't know. No, I, just, I know. There isn't a very good story. Like, that's the thing. The NCAA has not provided a reason for why this happened, and they're not going to because they could give a shit about women's sports. That, I think that's exactly the point made there. Go back to my earlier point at the beginning of this segment. The NCAA could have put a few more fucking commercials on there to make themselves more money. Get the goddamn right ball. Like, yeah. This is just, and then to have a coach come out and say that, you know, men would never be never happen this in way. a like, yeah, men's game never like that should never have to be said. Right, like, get the right fucking equipment there. I yeah. mean, for Christ's sake, like it just when You're I the saw the biggest this, basketball conference in <laughs> basketball, just dumb. Yeah. Anyhow, this is how the ladies shot with that ball. The Blue Devils were seven for thirty-four. And FSU was 12 for 38. Wow, that's not good. Uh, anyways, we're just less than a minute left, so we've got to say goodbye. I'd like to thank Bradley and Michael for joining me for this episode of Foul Play by Play. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Tune in to foulplayboplay.com for everything that we do, including Minnesota Foul Play by Play, where we provide colorful commentary on Minnesota sports. Have a great one. Please use the right ball. Yes, and use the right ball. And Minnesota fans. Watch more Lynx basketball. Please do. They actually had a dynasty. I mean, they're the best. <laughs> the best team in Minnesota. Ever produced, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be courtside. You can look for me there. All right. Later, guys. Bye. Bye.